Well, hello, folks. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and welcome to We the Peeps. This is, of course it is. It's the American Soccer Podcast in which you're going to get to know everything that you need to know about the Nats. Uh, I'm Clayton, and I'm a rapper. I'm Ty. I manage a web design company. And we just love the Nats. Seven times more than normal. <laughs> it's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. That was the quickest time I've ever gotten to three jokes in the history of this podcast. <laughs> Fantastic. It's not the it's not the fastest three jokes in the history of the podcast, but it's the that fastest so from the start. From of the, the start of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. They could not let that shit go. All right, let's dive in here. Uh the game was USA versus Cuba. <laughs> it's fine to say Cuba, or if you if you really want to get everything right all the time, say Cuba. And good luck. Oh, wow. Say Cuba, uh, Cutter. Should, you know what I mean? Cutter. Uh, but the, the reality is words come out how they will. And uh, we are only just <laughs> doing our best out here. Uh, that being said, it was not necessary to be who, so who said that? Friggin- Walt, Walt, Walt Whitman? <laughs> who was that? Yeah, that's... Who's the... Uh, Who's the who's the one who is always on acid, uh, fear and loathing in Las Vegas? <laughs> oh yeah, the words yeah, yeah. they come boy. out. Gonzo, yeah. Yeah. Gonzo. Yeah. The yeah. words come out how they come out. Uh, it was a, a fascinating and exciting time to be a, a men's national team fan uh, the other night when U.S. defeated Cuba seven. That's right, seven to zero. However, uh, you could also say U.S. was held to a a depressing <laughs> one to zero win, yeah, yeah. <laughs> held to just seven it was a it was a one to zero second <laughs> half and uh we're gonna get into all that but first please remember that if you are loving this show if you are enjoying this show uh the number one thing you can do for us is just to tell someone about it and this game was kind of cool so maybe the game versus canada is a good time to get a new friend involved in the nats uh, maybe it's a time when you get in touch with someone who's always been in love with the Nats, like we are and like you are, uh, but they don't yet know about our show. So please, just tell them. You know what I mean? Uh, that and if would... you tell them and they email us, we will be forever grateful. And we have to think of some sort of actual reward. You'll be nominated. You, you, maybe we can you put them on the Easy peeps. peep nomination we, for yeah. both of you. So we yeah. have for the peeps. It's a pairs, pairs peep nomination. Oh, it's a paired peep. We have the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we have the peeps for people who, um, who what was it? Say like said dog tag or whatever was at the end of yeah, the last yeah, peeps. Yeah. So we'll yeah, add we you code words. We'll, yeah. we'll add we you to three. that. We'll add you to that list if you do it. Also follow new us. <laughs> new list. All right, different list. Also new follow list. us on Twitter at WTP Pod uh, if you feel like it, dude. Because that's an option for you. So why not? Right. I think that's about it for housekeeping. Sweep sweep. Love that sound because it means this that content is incoming, baby. <laughs> Here we go. All right, so let's get let's get uh, let's get them lined the fuck up. Get out there, boys. Let's start with uh, no gloves, but you you get to play uh, the polar bear, Brad Guzan. No gloves, uh, no hair, no, no problem. 
<laughs> not my hair, not my problem. Brad Guzan, not my yeah. This the polar bear. There was pretty much nothing about it again. Pretty much nothing about this game was Brad Guzan's problem. Uh, he was yeah. almost not there, uh, but but he was there though. It was kind of cool, and he did some dribbling and and passing out of the back, which in under any other circumstances would not have been an option for this guy. But this was that game, uh, folks. In the in the uh, center back position, he's back. The other Franco, Matt Miazga, get in there. Why not? And then of course Tim Ream. So sad. On the left, uh, Serginho Des. No, it's actually going to be. Uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> it's Daniel. You know him. You love it, uh, but you don't. Though we all fucking hate it. Significant drop in <laughs> excitement. Doesn't get any. That's that. Oh, Talk boy. about a gap. Serious gap. Uh, but then on the other side, you know Reggie Cannon. Uh, give it to him. He's been making. He's been making his way on this team this year. In the midfield, uh, we're going to have Jackson Ewell holding up the number six. The new, the 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 new best hope, other than uh, Michael Bradley, and uh, we'll we'll get the into new, that. The new new Michael Bradley. The new new the new. He's the old Will Trap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so then we have uh, Weston McKenney in there as well. Uh, who you know? Did we ever? Did we ever? We had there were a few Weston McKennies West. out there. Beast yeah. mode West. Uh, and then, of course, uh, sadly, Christian Roldan. So it's it's yays and nays out there for us. But uh, on the left, we got to see Captain Porcelain Prince Christian Polisic, and on the right, Jordan Morris up front. Number nine gets the start. Josh Sargent, folks, this game was a fun one. As we said, it was a total blowout, and most of that happened in the first twenty minutes of this game. But before we would even get there, we'd have a WTP highlight. Uh, in which before the starting whistle, we got to see Josh Sargent take a sniff of those smelling salts <laughs> and react like he had never experienced it before in his life. Oh God, I missed this. <laughs> he was like, it was he was he was blinking his eyes and and just like couldn't. I was like, I was wondering if that if he was like, you know, truly ready for that. Um, well, you know, most people don't know this, but I I do that before every show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't do I can't do much without it these days. Uh, <laughs> it's a problem. It's a major issue in my life. Uh, another another um, minor WTP highlight. Right around the same time, uh, the sideline reporter said he even said he looks up. Emphasis on the word up to guys like Giassi Zardes, <laughs> which I thought was fun. The, the, up? <laughs> this, the, just the incredulity of that. Uh, so, tw- you know, 13-minute hat trick. I'm sure you know this, uh, that, you know, uh, Weston McKenney and Jordan Morris just went off at the beginning of this game, getting us to a quick 4-0, no problem. Uh, and then uh, we'd s- soon get to see Josh Sargent score. Uh, which was very exciting and seemed that the look of relief on his face was palpable. Uh, and it just seemed like this was going to be an absolute routing uh, versus a Cuba that has had their entire team defect in the last month. <laughs> it's a combination so of a it's... route and a beating. <laughs> a routing. Routing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> seemed like this might. Yeah, buffering. Buffering. Routing. Uh, routering is a thing you can do. All right, That's, I don't no, know. It's totally separate. Uh, but then, uh, right after Sergeant scores, he picked up a terrifying-looking injury, which he did make it to come back, make it back to the field uh, from. But that was a scary moment there. Uh, so we go into the second half with yes, indeed, six goals to the good. 
Uh, and why not just take off uh, the, the everything awesome about this situation? Weston McKinney and Jordan Morris come <laughs> off the field uh, for Tyler Boyd and none other than uh, Sebastian Legette. Too Legette to quit. Uh, and this team just suddenly looked kind of lame. Josh Sargent <laughs> picked up, uh, earned a penalty kick off of a ridiculous sort of mindless, thoughtless handball, which Christian Pulisic scored but not convincingly, and there wasn't a whole lot of celebrating. The kid just looked a little bit tense out there, but he did get his goal. Now we're up seven. He comes off the field to prevent injuries, and literally nothing else happened. Josh Sargent missed a bunch of awesome chances. Ty, what were your first impressions uh, at the end of this game? Well, I think it was it was a little above par, I'd say. Uh, the team, I think, did, did better than I w- was expecting, and um, they could need it. Potentially, this is a, a, a three-team group, so it usually comes down to the one match between the two strongest teams, and this, uh, in hopefully in combination with a win in uh, Cuba uh, in the next window, would give us the goal difference advantage over Canada, because they beat Cuba uh, by a total of seven goals across their two legs. Or is it eight? It's close. Um, so hopefully we're, this, this puts us on the road to, to uh, pip them on goal difference if there's a draw. Uh, if there's draws between the between Canada and the U.S., there was yeah. And, I mean, that's a sad way to look at it. I mean, hopefully, we we I would say, in spite of having an exciting Canada to face, our expect you know should expect to win. But nevertheless, it is what it is, yeah. and that is you the know, discussion. Competitive mission accomplished. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's well uh, established on this show that we don't want to see Christian Roldan starting any more national team games. That's fair to say. Uh, he, he and Lovitz are the ones where you look at the team sheet and you just hang your head in shame and shock and disbelief. And, and, and you know, arguably Brad Guzan, too, but, you know. You, well, maybe Brad Guzan, yeah. yeah. I mean, but there's there's no... I can't really think of it. Maybe a Jesse Gonzalez. This would be a great game for to, to cap-tie. Or, oh, is he cap-tied? I don't think he's played a senior match, but I think he did do the one-time switch to the U.S. But anyway, a younger, a younger, you know, MLS standout goalkeeper. This is a perfect spot. That would have been cool. Another, um, another shout out on the list of hang your heads is is Tim Ream, who once again sadly looked pretty good. Yeah, Tim Ream. Yeah, I, I don't feel like it's necessary to see him that much more because we know what we have. But I, I, I don't think he's irrelevant. You know, I, I think um, Roldan and Lovitz, we can just move on. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's. So so yeah, for me the, those are missed opportunities. There's the complicating factor that there's a U23 camp uh, going on right now, which is occupying a lot of the players who you would really want to see there. But I just have to believe that somewhere in the entire U.S. national team pool, you can find a central midfielder who is worthy of, you know, getting 90 minutes in a competitive match more than Christian Roldan at this point. I love yeah. the guy. Love the guy. Epic Sounder. Sounder legend at this point. Great dude. But, Seems like a great dude. Loves pizza. Loves Jordan Morris. Uh, <laughs> these are his accomplishments. Now, he's 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 a fine player, but he's just not you know he's just not a national team player. That's okay. That's okay. But it's time to move on. So, so we're disappointed with that. But um, but the my my impressions were that I was I was pleased um, with the the level that we saw the team come out in 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 like turbo mode. Um, I was I was kind of hoping that that the team would reach uh, USWNT versus Thailand levels of domination. And it didn't quite come together in the second half the same way that it did in the first. 
Uh, but overall, I think a, a decent performance. I was um, I was a little worried about uh, Pulisic in particular. Uh, I think you know he's one of the three most important players on the team, and it just doesn't seem to be clicking for him um, for for a long time. And uh, you know, even just thinking back to some of the earlier matches that he played against some some you know weaker Concacaf opponents at home, and how he just sliced them up with his his movement and his passing. You know, I was I was hoping to see Pulisic to Sargent, you know, three times, and Weston getting on the end of crosses and 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 being a general uh, beast was was pretty impressive. Um, but I was hoping to see a little bit more Pulisic highlights in this in this match, and we didn't. So I'm, I remain concerned about him and his situation because if you can't if you can't dominate Cuba, it's going to be tough to dominate, you know, Tottenham. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that. I'm concerned about Pulisic. He, there's something psychological going on uh, with the kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I and I would include in that discussion the the disappointing performances from Miazga and Sargent. I would argue. Uh, would you agree yeah. there? That so so I'll take them one at a time. I mean, Pulisic. Uh, we talked about it. He's he has every. He is making the same mistakes he was making two years ago, which is yes, he beats yeah. a player and then does nothing with it. Uh, he get, keeps it. He keeps it a little too long. Yeah. And so he just, I'm not seeing him improve. Right. Uh, and I don't know what that means for the guy, but thank God for Weston McKenney. And, you know, yeah. he's, someone is stepping up on this team, but, but there's, it's not there's still. There's still the effect where if this was a 21-year-old dual nat that we had just convinced to join the team, we'd be just ecstatic with the, you know everything that he does. So, yeah, so yeah. We, we put him to a high standard, of course, because we expect improvement. But it's also true that just like taking now as a slice of time, like he's one of our best players. He's, he's excellent. Uh, he changes the game. And I, I, I do tire of... You know, we've talked. We talked a lot about uh, the mythical hold-up position when it comes to Josie Altidore, and how no matter what, whether Josie Altidore had a good or bad game, people would always find a way to praise him because of his his ostensible critical role as being the hold-up player. Um, <laughs> and we're getting into that territory with uh, Christian Pulisic's movement dragging defenders out of position for other players, which is undoubtedly <laughs> true. But it's also not the, a good reason to continue playing someone. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like Yeah, yeah. There was a funny there was a funny thing going on with Polisic this game which I think was indicative of the whole game. Um so he was one assist away from being the fastest to reach double digit assists and yeah, goals yeah. and he didn't make it. He was like almost almost he got a goal and so the announcers kept talking about this potential record. And the same thing was true for the team at large. Kept talking about this 8 nothing record. Right, so right, right. It absolutely seemed like they could smash that. But they just didn't quite get there. So there was something of a a sense of like the 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 general the zeitgeist being so ready to get on board with the turnaround, and then mm. that second half just kind of made it impossible to fully feel like this was the the day that it turned around. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And you said it was Boyd and Legette. Yeah, like Legette is a player I'm I'm on board with. You know, having around as a great Swiss Army knife. Uh, and I think he can do a competent job for us in a lot of roles. Um, Boyd, I'm I'm beginning to feel like we should 
shelve for the moment and let him yeah figure man out his club situation I mean, and then try again jordan morris we we talked about it during the yeah. gold cup why did jordan morris take his starting spot and since then it's become increasingly evident that morris is playing at a higher level right now which is yeah, great yeah. i'm happy for the guy I, and and you know i'm i'm i'll be the first to uh to admit that i you know i doubted him and and i was wrong to do that he's, he's oh yeah he's playing sure. really well um, yeah, now, well, one thing there is he's he has embraced being a winger, and there was always that question with him hmm. of you know where he belongs, and uh, and he's he's done a good job of you know translating the the gifts that he does have and like mitigating some of his his flaws. Yeah, like the the uh, lack of a left foot kind of situation. It is you know? still it is still rough when you see him out on the left side when Pulisic switches with him. It's like yeah, you yeah, can just can. see him. with with the goal of like cutting in. Yeah, you know? but it's just like you end up in that crossing situation enough that it's just dicey. But yeah, um, so but l- yeah, the, the what, sorry, one last uh, yeah, note. yeah, please. Um, <laughs> the, the the amount of times they mentioned this complex, intricate system of play. <laughs> uh, am am I missing something? Am I stupid? Am I not seeing what's so involved? And so, so otherworldly about this style of play. Is it just me? Like everyone keeps referring to the style yeah. and no one actually says what it involves. Well, I think that position, I think that, uh, I think it's not complex on the surface, but I think the way they're going about training it and teaching it is complex. So there, Greg in his interviews talks a lot about, how they are the goals they've scored to this point are exactly how they drew it up. So they're in training, do, saying like you go, you know, we're gonna go so, <laughs> to this player, then this player, then this player, and they have 15, 20 sequences that they study and they know, and then and that's and that's Jordan Morris getting overlapping space on the outside, and then you know Wesson McKenney with a late run in, and that's like drawn up or plays like quick passing combinations between the center back to the to the center midfielder to the left back, to the center midfielder again, and then out to Pulisic in the corner, you know, stuff like that. I think that that it's being made complicated. <laughs> well, I, you know, those are obviously good things, but it's not like the USMNT is the first team to do that, you know, yeah. to go to go full back to overlapping winger, cut back to strikers or midfielder score. Like, uh, what am I missing? So I, yeah, I feel like no, there's I there's you. too much you. emphasis on there's too much emphasis on this and I feel I feel gaslit because yeah. I feel like it's it's a way that the program can say oh no 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 even when there's a bad result no you're just not getting it yeah. we're working on this this incredible system and you know you you just have to have patience with us because this road this was just a road bump in our plans it's not yeah. that we plan it's not that our plan was bad and so we we got trounced by Mexico at home it's that we're working on this plan. And so I, I, I'm feeling, as a fan, I'm just feeling very uh, aggravated and a little condescended by the amount of talk about this system. But that said, I, you know, I think the, the cutback from that, that area where the box meets the, the uh, end line to the spot is just the best ball in soccer. Yeah. And I just want to see the team do that a thousand times a game. Yeah. And it's, it's just it's so hard to defend. Um, our midfield, I think, is uniquely good at like pouncing on those balls, um, especially like if we have Pulisic at the ten, for instance. 
and we can, I, I, you know, we, we have to work on having wingers who can do that if Pulisic is at the 10, but, um, but you know, one way or the other, I, I just love having, having either fullbacks or wingers get to that spot and, uh, and make those chances happen. It's just such a great tried and true way to score and it's so hard to defend and, so more, uh, the more of that, the better. And I, I do like the movements that I see, you know, like you mentioned the two, you know, the center back to midfielder, uh, quick 20 yard on the, on the ground pass is great. And then the, the way that the wingers have been overlapping is really good too. Yeah. So I want to, I want to dive into some Josh Sargent world real quick. I mentioned on the last episode that I have a, uh, a theory, uh, for Josh. Um, and it's not. It's not rocket science. I just don't think he's a point striker. I think he's a false nine. Uh, so his, the, best, the best moments you see from Josh are not like getting on the end of through balls. They are, they are uh, what will, I promise you, be called hold-up play when he does it. Um, but <laughs> what it is is, is that he, he's, he can step back into the midfield, and he's a very good uh two-touch player so he'll yeah, he'll he'll make these cool cuts on the half turn he's tidy and then he he has the speed of thought from having mm-hmm. played in germany and just being i think a an intelligent kid who's watched a lot of games uh to to combine at a really high level so i think he mm-hmm. should be he should be dropping back and polisic should be getting out in front for the uh for the through balls that all being said um, this was a dis- well. Let, well, let's start with that. What do you think about this uh, Josh Sargent idea? Uh, I love that idea. I think it makes total sense. And they, you know, at uh, Bremen, they've tried him out wide as well, uh, which I don't think works as well. But I, I do think his main asset is his combination play uh, so far. And you know, he's going to naturally, if we're if we're playing that style and exploiting those patterns that we just mentioned. Uh, if he's at playing as a false nine combining, he's going to end up in a lot of great spots where that cutback does eventually find him. So um, I think that's that's very reasonable. I think the the confounding factor to me is that his physical development is still not necessarily done. And so he could potentially become more like physically dominating, uh, which would lend itself more to the you know more traditional nine role. But I, I think... In, in modern soccer, that traditional nine is is disappearing anyway, as is well well documented. Um, and it, it might make more sense, even if there isn't another striker for him to play off of, for him to plan on spending a lot of time near the center circle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which, also, <laughs> which also draws the defenders in, uh, <laughs> in a traditional sense, because yeah. the center backs are going to try to, they're going to try to position themselves, you know, they're going to try to squeeze space uh, and follow you a little bit if you if you make that uh, movement, and then that opens up space potentially for the wingers. Yeah. So um, uh, listen to us, Greggy B. Um, but you know, the this is the second game. The one versus Uruguay was the other, where I just started to think that the gap uh, between between Josh Sargent and Giassi Zardes is not for me personally what I thought it was. Uh, and I hate to say that, and I absolutely think that. You know, Giassi is a is a total mess. But this performance was not convincing from Sargent. His his finishing wasn't convincing. He didn't have the ability to impose himself uh, on the game. He he sort of waited at times for the game to come to him, uh, and he needs things to go a certain way um, to be effective. I think, and I just didn't see him. 
uh, utilizing his gifts. I think he has like he has a far better touch and control of the ball and a better finish and just more tools, but I don't see him using them that well. Yeah, well, I, I don't remember exactly how many of the goals, like obviously aside from his goal, he was he contributed to the buildup. But the those are the spots where Giassi really hurts you, is that you yeah. just can't count on him to connect a simple pass in midfield. Yeah. And... Um, and that's, you know, so so the, the effect is it's less than missing chances. It's chances that never get created because yeah. Jossie's a part of the team. Yeah, yeah. And um, so Sargent, I think, is, uh, you're right, you know, definitely still rough when it comes to the, the basic skill set uh, toolkit of, of a striker. Um, but I think he's, you know, he's putting it together and that's why you give him time to let him do that. And obviously his ceiling is so, so, so much higher. When you look at that goal he scored in the Bundesliga, his, his opener um, in the Bundesliga this year was just something else. Uh, capping a goalkeeper from, you know, the edge of the box. Yeah, so, that shit was fucking crazy. So he's capable of doing pretty special things that, he is, um, yeah. you know, you'd never see from, from a, a Zardes type. All right. So enough about fucking Giassi. Enough. Uh, um, moving, uh, moving to Matt Miazga now, who I was also disappointed. And I promise, you know, I promise I also thought this game was exciting and, uh, encouraging, uh, in ways, but I gotta say Matt Miazga, um, just looked slow and sloppy, uh, with the ball. Am I wrong? Am I, am I crazy? Well, I I have to admit, I, I might not have had the close watch of our defense that you may have had. So I, I, I take your word for it. I feel like I was essentially whenever the ball was in our half, I was just kind of like, you know, tapping my fingers on the laptop waiting for the attack to start again. <laughs> um, so, yeah, tell 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 uh, me and the listeners more about what you saw and, and you know, what what concerns you. There. So what concerns me is that he is slow. So he's he's not making quick decisions. He's not making crisp passes. Uh, and he had a couple bona fide errors, uh, one in particular that almost forced an actual save from Brad Guzan. And what is double <laughs> what is double concerning about that moment is at the end of it, he just kind of it, like as soon as the ball comes off his foot and pops up into the air in an own goal fashion, he just deflates like he just doesn't he, I don't know. It's like the, the Matt Miazga that uh, that that, you know, sunned Lioness uh, about his height is just not the Matt Miazga I'm seeing right now. This guy is like, just seems soft to me. And by contrast, as much as I don't want Tim Ream to be the option, Tim Ream's passing was extremely quick, crisp, and incisive. And you have to be that way when you're playing teams like this. You can't, uh, you can't allow the fact that there's no actual pressure to uh, cause you to play like that. You, you, mm. you need to play with that edge in order to keep teams off balance and keep them reeling. And it's especially crucial at the center back position in the way Greg Berhalter wants this team to play. So yeah, I, was, right. it's I, like, I was super sad about that. In uh, Super Smash Brothers, like the best time to attack is when you've just hit them. You know? Yep. You, 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 I get that probably has analogies for actual uh, competitions as well. Uh, <laughs> it just comes to mind, uh, like the, the, the way you maintain that edge is continual pressure. It's not just yeah. recycling in the back. Yeah. That makes sense. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that that makes sense to me. Who, if you had to pick two center backs for a, a, a qualifier in Honduras tomorrow, who would they be? I mean, before this game, Miazga would have been in it. Every everyone's healthy. healthy. I'm going. I'm going. John Brooks and Tim Ream right now. Brooks and Ream. Hate hate to say it. I'm so scared of both of them in Honduras. I'm. I feel like we're missing like a like a Jay Demerit style bruiser. Yeah, I might go John Brooks, Aaron Long. Um, Yeah, I could see Aaron Long. I could see that. So there's. I could that. see like a like an emergency Jeff Cameron uh, helicopter. Jesus, I mean, what does Jeff Cameron even look like in this team right now? We haven't seen him in so long. Yeah, um, it's tough to say. I mean, he's he's starting in the championship and seems to be doing okay. Yeah. Um, I think CCV would be okay in that spot. I you know I haven't seen CCV kick ass uh in a long yeah. time since like yeah, under 17s I haven't seen him look like <laughs> yeah. he was really the shit you know 12 years ago when he was when he was playing for the yeah dude all right so that's uh, that's a scary spot I just want to hide like that thought came to mind when you were mentioning how like Miazga being soft potentially because he's he's definitely like uh, in the pool he's right up there as the most talented or or maybe like uh, or sec- I guess second to Brooks, um, most talented in the pool, and it very much concerns me if we don't have someone who's a rock, who can play those those away qualifiers. Yeah, and, and so, we don't. Yeah. you should and, be yeah, you yeah. should be concerned. I mean, the the our for all of our dominance in this game, our defense actually looked shaky. If you just supercut the moments when super we had to defend. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I want to mention two things. First of all. Um, I think you have to give a little bit of credit to Cuba for for adjusting after the initial blitz because part of it was the U.S. laying off the gas, but I think part of it was Cuba getting wiser to the those those patterns. Um, and I expect uh, that the away game is going to be a total slog when we get some of these players in that environment where it's just like, yep, yeah, these are the same players who you beat seven nothing go yeah and you really it'll really be revealed like who can maintain their level and who can't yeah so so now to my yesies those were my noies uh and um you know i hope you'll bear with us as we pick this apart player by player but it's it seems to me to be the best way to go um weston mckenney is the difference maker right now for this team true or false check in the absence (laughs) of uh mr adams yeah yeah who who we we can't be certain Adams is as certain as Dest right now. Uh, yeah, and yeah, and by the way, uh, US M&T fans, we just watched a twenty-one-year-old score a hat trick for the US. That's that's in a competitive match. That's pretty special. Yeah, this guy is is the real deal, and he has been slow progressing. He's been a slow burn. He was the difference maker. We took him off the field. We didn't look the same. You could argue Jordan Morris. I argue Weston McKenney was the difference. Um, another quick yesy was uh, Jackson Ewell's passing. I, you know, yeah. I the last time tidy. we saw him, he's tidy. He's he has some good vision. And the last time we saw him, I didn't see anything uh, massive that stood out. Um, and this time, I saw some things standing out. So I'm I'm good with that. Ewell can stay. All that is to say, that was that was good. But there's only so much that we can take from it. 
the real the real deal is going to be versus Canada. So Ty, let me ask you a question. Oh, Canada. Who are these people? Who are these people? Are these people? Are these people? Are these people? Uh, yeah, who are these people? So the this is this is not your uh, your typical Canada national team. They've they've upgraded quite a bit, um, namely in the the attack where they have not only the Vondekind Alfonso Davies, who MLS fans will be well familiar with, um, but also um, uh, Jonathan David, and I'm forgetting the name of their their new striker who plays in Mexico as well. Um, so they've they have really bolstered the the firepower that that will be on display, and they've kind of sprinkled those newer talents um, in with uh, with a, a core of sort of MLS veterans who've been around the block, mainly centered around the two Canadian teams, but also players who, you know, have just you know been everywhere in MLS. And so you're facing a team that is not dissimilar in composition to the U.S., where there's there's a handful of uh, European based um, or foreign-based stars uh, mixed in with kind of okay MLS players. And I think our MLS players are better, but, you know, it can be tough to say. Um, and so I, I expect a very stiff uh, test, especially this... I, it's, I can't remember the last competitive meeting between the two teams. Um, and yeah, they, they will be very, very eager. As as was pointed out on the broadcast, the the uh, uh, FIFA rankings uh, affect who gets into the hex, and this is either their last chance or, or one of their last chances to really affect their FIFA ranking before the the uh, cutoff date. So they are going to be extremely fired up to to uh, beat the U.S. at home, and I think they're more than capable of doing that. So it's it's exciting and. Um, you know, I'm really excited to see Greg E.B. on the road because I think that could be a, a huge downfall. The fact that he's been the coach for 10 months and hasn't played on the road is is a problem. That's that's not necessarily something he, he could have affected himself, but the fact that he's been allowed to be in this, like, bubble of, of you know, uh, sanitized environments is really, is really uh, problematic. Because we're about to, we're a year away from a, a World Cup qualifying uh, round where it is going to be anything but sanitized, and the environments are going to be uh, incredibly pressurized, and we we don't we don't know if he has what it takes to succeed in that uh, situation. We're worried about him at home. <laughs> so, yeah, man. So yeah, so the the decision making has to go up, the uh, ability to think on your feet, the ability to adjust. Um, to weird situations has to has to improve and so yeah Canada definitely not uh, you know we're, we're like 20 miles over the border or whatever not going to be a, uh, a, a giant um, paradigm shift but it's at least a start in uh, in seeing Berhalter in less um, you know friendly environments and uh, yeah hopefully it, it helps uh, over the long term but the the Cuba match I'm excited for and then if we can just squeeze in like a random visit to, you know, Argentina or something, I know those teams usually play in the U.S., but maybe maybe a Colombia, maybe an Ecuador would would entertain the thought. Um, that that would be really valuable because I, I think the uh, what the U.S. went to uh, Chile, I think in the the uh, preceding the the last round of qualifying, 
Um, and I think those, those environments and those games are just so, um, so revealing of who you have, uh, you know, who, who your players are when they're, when they're under a different spotlight and when they, when they have that uncomfortable, um, feeling of, of displacement and being, being in a, in a hotel, you know, somewhere far, um, being in an environment where their language is not the first language, that kind of thing. It's, it's displacing just as a traveler, you know, just as a normal person to land in a place and, and feel like you have to think on your feet because you need to, it's work just to communicate what you want, you know? Right. And we're talking about the guy who found it difficult, uh, surprisingly difficult to make a (laughs) roster. So when I think about like the logistics of getting people on, for example, the right sleep schedules and, uh, you know, training in foreign training grounds and how to make sure that people wake up fit the day of the match. And when do you take the airplane and where do you stay and what do you eat? Uh, I just don't have confidence that Greg is ready for that. You don't say. (laughs) So the eight hour time difference to Qatar is uh, is concerning. Yeah. So what do you think is uh, Greggy's team at this moment in time? Do you have a gander as to was he taking, did he use this as an experimental game and Will Trap is the real number six? Is that where we're at? Um, and like, you know what I mean? Like Zardes gosh. and Trap or, what, you know? I have to, I just have to think that it's it's Zardes and Trap, but I guess Bradley started the Gold Cup final, right? Mm-hmm. It was, Bra- and um sergeant start no sorry sorry sergeant wasn't in the gold cup josie started yeah that's right um and then jossie jossie came off the bench so i i guess it'll be jossie and bradley um which is like half atrocious but it yeah i i i it's really hard to say because there there have been a lot of injuries there's been a lot of reasons why players haven't been involved you know even this camp there's there's so much like behind the scenes, you know, going on with why this isn't necessarily the first choice or Greg's choice even. Um, so I think in, in his mind, he's he probably wants to just play uh, Trap, Zardes, Stefan and just feel comfortable with the team. Um, but I think he's he's been holding back in spots because it's just become too too glaringly obvious. So hopefully that just takes hold at some point. Yeah, so let's say it's I let's say it's Trap Zardes out there. Uh, Yikes! What? How do we win this game? I mean, do we have a chance? That does not seem like a winning squad to me. I mean, if it's let's say if it's uh, yeah, and let let's let, let's benefit of the doubt. This we'll upgrade. We'll upgrade to Bradley. Coach Bradley, who, by the way, was like talking Weston McKenney's ear oh, off that, on the sideline. Oh, that really, that warmed the cockles of my heart to see <laughs> the two of them, to see the knowledge transferring. Yup. Um, so we're, we have Coach Bradley out there behind Weston McKenney and Christian Roldan uh, and then and then Giassi Zardes. Morris Oof. Pulisic. Yeah, Morris I Pulisic. think Aaron Long, Tim Ream. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Love Reggie it. Reggie Cannon, Cannon. Lovitz, and then uh, Stefan, right? Yeah, that sounds How, like the team. That doesn't seem like a winning team to me versus this Canada. Uh, no, doesn't to me either. Not with not with Pulisic playing the way he's playing. Because when you when when I look at that team, you know, in in competitive top level situations, I think McKenney is the only player who I would say is like really succeeding at a high level right now. 
Yeah. So there's this so. thing from Greg. Come, you know, Greg has had to respond to why he's not bringing up certain players like Alex Mendez, uh, and his answer is basically that you have to be playing for your club, which is like, which Ty, I'm curious to kind of pick your brain on that philosophy. So the the Greg speak is even if MLS is a lower level than in Europe, if you're not playing for your club, you're not in real pressure situations where you have to step up. Which, that, which means that you are not at a national team level. And so the Greg words are, you have to be at the national team level before we can bring you here, and then we can, inc- we can tweak it from there, but you can't, we can't bring you to the national team level uh, in these camps. We don't have enough time to do that. So if you're not starting or playing for your team, he's not going to bring you. Uh, what's your response? Um, I, I think that's a fair rule of thumb and, but, you know, coaches always try to play it both ways because then when Pulisic's not playing, for instance, they're not going to stop calling Pulisic in. It's just kind of a, an excuse to not, to, to, you know, set the edges of the roster the way that they're comfortable. Um, and then the second argument there is, you know, Alex Mendez is not playing for his club, but Richie Ledesma is playing for his club. Uh, he plays for young PSV, which is in the second division in, the Netherlands, which is a level that we've had national team players uh, play in, and we've we've been able to see the translation. And there are players who come from levels like that in Europe and come into MLS and are successful. So I, I don't really think you can say conclusively that playing at Young PSV is is much lower of a standard than playing for Cincinnati. I mean, I, I don't would Cincinnati win the second division in in the Netherlands? I don't think so. So for me, Richie Ledesma is already playing at a level where you could totally reasonably call him up for the national team. And, and Chris Richards as well is playing in the uh, the third tier in Germany. And there are a number of big clubs in the third tier in Germany. And he, he is facing uh, pressure and criticism. I mean, it can't be easy being in the Bayern team in that league where everybody hates your guts because you're you're like the Bayern castoffs and they're like actual adults who are trying to make a living. So, I mean, I, yeah, I sure have that argument, but also don't look past the fact that these kids are playing. Yeah. So I just wanted to pick your brain on that. Uh, but back to the game at hand, I think you're right uh, that if Polisic plays the same way, we lose. However, I do think that if we get a McKenny Polisic showing that's as good as they can be, uh, that's the key to unlocking this. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Or or just like Polisic with some sort of relationship with the striker. You know, it's whether it's like him and Sargent and then that finally clicking or it's magical return of Josie Altador or uh Giassi Zarda's uh accident uh you know <laughs> <laughs> Polisic just cannoning the ball off of Giassi's frame uh into the back of the net that could work as well. Um, it has in the past. <laughs> it will again. <laughs> yeah, I rewatched. I rewatched the face goal uh, after face we talked goal. about it last episode. Oh my it's god! Really yes. incredible. And there, I do not He's see. A I haven't been able to find a supercut of Giassi Zarda's face goals, but uh, supercuts <laughs> of Giassi Zarda's first touches are available, are. and they are hilarious. <laughs> it's incredible. Just one. <laughs> Just one after the other. It's new and creative ways to lose possession. All right, man. Um, oh, any... <laughs> Sorry, Josh. Such a good guy. Such a great Such guy. A like good guy. A, a fantastic assistant coach. Sure. Can you yeah. think of better? I mean, I saw, by the way, brief side note. In the lead up to this game, I saw 
you know, the media staff released some some footage of training in which they were training um, headers in the box. For, first note, they were training with no defender, <laughs> which was hilarious. It's like just to feel better, like a, just a goalkeeper and you get to go up and beat the goalkeeper from six yards. Okay, great training. Second of all, um, the wingers in this exercise were Josh Wolf on the one side and Greggy B on the other side. Hell so Greggy yeah. B is just slamming crosses in from the left. Uh, to to on rushing undefended <laughs> national team <laughs> players, <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious, and and it did it did reveal to me that you know I think there is a thing there where the continuity of having a former national team player, just a you know a former player in, in general, but especially a national team player, that does matter, and we talked about that. Um, you know, going going into the the Berhalter era, that it was very. Um, you know, salient for us. And hopefully that that finds its way into these situations because while, you know, as we mentioned, he hasn't had to do it as a coach, he has had to do it as a player. So he's had to go into those those tough environments in, in Central America and um, he's played in a World Cup. And so, you know, hopefully something rubs off and I, I can see how if the pieces line up that he could, it could work because that relationship with the players and tightness with the players, I think matters quite a bit. And I think he, he's, he's one of those players, coaches, players, coach kind of guys. So he, it's, it's really just these last couple things that just keep appearing as problematic. Um, and, you know, but, but the, all the good things that we identified when he was first hired are still there. So while we are out, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to be back in if some of these things change. Yeah, I would describe my position as uh, as like I've submitted to this, and <laughs> and I actually I can I'm having submitted long ago, uh, what feels like long ago. <laughs> I am starting to see how this could come together, and my and as crazy as it is, my opinion started to shift in that game versus Mexico when we insisted on playing out of the back. That was a change for the better. Uh, as horrible as it looked, that was the, the the first time under Greg Berhalter that I felt like okay, like there might actually be something here. Right, um, and to to point out one other highlight of this game, I don't think we saw a single ball from a center back to Sargent. I can you think of it? I I feel like we just it's just hitting me that the team did really you know stick to that. They stuck uh, to it. Concept. Yeah. The, and, the and center it back to the case, but, center yeah. back to the winger is a thing. Uh, but it's That's definitely it's intentional, thing. and it's a, or good also, thing. That's a good thing. Or uh, also, Yule to winger is clearly a thing. Yule to well. winger, yeah. Yule, to, Yule over the top to anyone he can find. Yeah, yeah, is such a fucking thing. Um, and way I think an overvalued trait under Greg Berhalter, which is what that that be why trap. But it, it happens to be a trait that trap is good at. Yeah, it's like yeah, design the system so that you are forced to include your pet players. Which is also ridiculous because Tyler Adams is not that player. Like he, he does a lot of things well, but that's not one of them. And if you're going to design a system around a player, that's the guy. He can't he can't do it over the top, but he can do it on the ground. He can do it on the ground. Yeah, but he yeah. does he does. He, it's a different thing, though. He's, By the way, if you, if you in case you missed it, like in case you just became a fan of this national team for some godforsaken reason, just go back and watch uh, Tyler Adams' assist to um, uh, Paulson. From from last year, where he recovers the ball deep in his own it's half, ridiculous. The packing stats turns and spins and beats 
what is it, eight players, nine players, with a through ball, the likes of which you've never seen in your life. And then, of course, Paulson finishes with a plum. But it's like, it's the longest through ball I've ever seen. It's so <laughs> crazy. Ground. It's so fantastic. And, the, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, needless to say, I'm, I'm beyond uh, excited to, to have him back in the fold. And, and you're right. You, we have to not be over-reliant on that ball over the top because that's not one of his skills. And he's got to right. be the six. Let's, uh, let's call it there. I really quite like uh, fancy pizza, you know. I'm a, I, I enjoy a dollar store pizza, but... You know that fancy pizza is where it's mm. at. A little char on there, mm. some bubble. Mm. Uh, I really like tchotchkes of any kind. Uh, you know, Russian dolls, uh, things like that. Uh, ha- Halloween is a great time for tchotchkes. Uh, you know, bring bring out the kitsch. Uh, uh, I'm all about it. Uh, and I also Russian kitsch. Russian, bring out those Russian kitsch. And what's up with those Russians? And uh, I really. Uh, don't like complex paperwork, but I do like, <laughs> but I do like the feeling of getting it out of the way. But I don't like any of that stuff as much as I love the nuts. Let's go, boys. Let's go, eh? Eh? Hey, hey, Clayton, I have this uh, this awesome tiny Batman for you. Do you really? Would you Would you fill out this uh, lengthy survey? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs>